whoa, it's just too many options. I, I can't think straight. Okay, let me let me let me come back later. That's what I'll do. Hey, this is Michelle Spive, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me, your practical priestess of wisdom, as we look at the curse of too much on the flip. I'll see you then. I was overwhelmed and it was just so much stuff and I knew I needed to be there, but I just couldn't bring myself to stay. Overwhelm had taken over and all I wanted to do was flee. Now, this is not how most people would describe a clearance sale, but this is what happened to me. It was just too much and it was overwhelming and I was stymied and that's my truth and I'm sticking to it. So today, I want to talk to you about the curse of too much. Now, I'm going to get to the chase because what I want to say is this. A confused mind is stunned into immobility. I, I just, just know that. A confused mind is stunned into immobility. And so as I'm talking about this curse of too much, I'm going to bring up um, a book <laughs> that I have talked about in the past. And um, it, it look at me, I, I'm, I'm like trying to figure out how to how to position because every time I, I talk about this book, I almost feel like I I am, uh, you know, I want to snicker because of, of just the title and everything. But anyway, the book is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And the first time I was uh, I was going to talk about it, I was like, oh, maybe not. And then I was like, oh, okay. So, wow, it, people liked it. And then the next time, more people liked it. And this time, I've actually uh, gotten some feedback from an associate uh, that I mentioned the book to. And they said they read it and they got a lot out of it. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and we got to talking about a, a, a subsect of it where the book talks about how idleness um, being um, just... Uh, I don't want to say depressed, but it, it could be depressed. But when there is a numbness, when uh, there is a shiftlessness and an aimlessness, uh, that was the part that we, we really kind of talked about and tried to get into how, how that happens for so many people. And I remember reading a paper of someone, it was a, a philosophical paper. I, I, I wish I could remember to give proper attribution. But the, the paper, um, it alluded to depression and uh, the state of malaise as being uh, the product of affluence uh, and uh, prosperity even. And it went on to say that we have a curse of too much. Now, they didn't say the curse of too much, they, but that's what they meant. And uh, they postulated that when you are uh, without any pressing need to do anything, um, yeah, the, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. And uh, they went on to say that we are made to have a striving purpose, that we are made to never be satisfied. And when you get to the point of contentment, that could be your curse of demise, uh, of going down into a bad way. 
Right now in the United States, there is a depressing fact. In the Midwestern uh, part of, not Midwestern only, but Central as well as Midwestern, but there is this depressing point that is happening and it has to do with uh, drug use. And they've done some recent polls, and one of the answers as to why uh, the 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 drugs are, are are overtaking certain areas, kind of like a a um, a spirit of destruction, is that there's nothing to do. They are quote unquote bored, and I'm like, okay. Now, if you guys remember, um. I talked a little bit about how my mother and my grandmother taught us to deal with boredom. And they looked at boredom as nothing more than a busy little mosquito that is up to you to swat before it bites you. And that it is not their jobs to make us unbored. And I was taught that boredom, and if you allow it to progress, is a sign of your mental laziness or weakness and that you have the power over boredom. Now, I don't want to come off as rude, and I say that so that I can help you understand um, the training that I have come out of, that when you're bored, it's up to you to engage the creative gift and spark that we all get to not be bored and to find something else to do. Uh, so much so that when I hear stories of like um, the late John McCain, when he was in captivity, he would have these mental games of golf in his head where he could recount, you know, how well or bad he did on a certain uh, number of uh, the golf course. And he continued to engage his mind, uh, no matter the torture or no matter the waiting to be tortured. And so he is an example, I guess, you know, of what my my parents and grandparents were teaching me back then. And I say that also because I want to make this, uh, I want to make this clear, that the curse of too much is not an indictment on us being lazy as much as it is a wake-up call that wisdom is trying to issue to us that we have um, all that we need. We, we have the power of the magician, if you will. Uh, we have access to inspiration, creativity, education, as well as insight and uh, being able to see beyond what is the falseness of the immediate. And because of that, um, we are we, we we are blessed with being the top apex predator as of right now uh, in our ecological system. We are blessed to be able to create, uh, to, to achieve so many great feats that it is uh, limitless. If you, you know, seriously, it's, it's to the point where it's limitless, but still there, resi- there, there resides that little curse, the curse of too much. And going back to how I felt in that quote unquote clearance uh, situation where I was with, um, I think family members, I don't, yeah, they, it was like a free fall there and they had good, great deals actually, but I could not get myself to do it. It was so overwhelming. And, and then thinking about the conversation that I had with the acquaintance over the book, Outwitting the Devil, and why is it that we fall in 
into these times of aimlessness and shift, you know, shiftlessness? And 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 why is it that we get um, the melancholy blah uh, blues and and those things? And I wish I knew the exact answer, but what I will say is that sometimes. If we are presented with too much, uh, boredom can set in. And when boredom sets in, you can fall easily into those conditions. And so now I kind of want to, you know, just talk a little bit more going down, don't, going down that, that way so that hopefully wisdom will bestow upon you an insight that will help you to to stave this off when you see it coming, you know, to stave it off. And that is, the first thing is, is for me and for you, if if this has ever happened to you when you feel overwhelmed and you want to just, you know, run away from it and like, I'll come back tomorrow, seek to find a way to make the complex into the simple. Um, I was blessed to be able to uh, work with a cons- um, with a client recently, and uh, they had a very complex situation that they they needed uh, to work through. And watching the process, and then helping and assisting, I uh, learned um, I, I'm going to say some new skills of being able to to break down things to their uh, least common denominator. Um, so that multiple different people or even departments uh, and, and, and ideologies are able to see the simplicity in what needs to be done. And when I started looking at that, I was like, you know what? That is something that's really applicable for anybody. That's a wisdom smack. And so I kind of want to talk about how to, you know, turn the complex into the simple. And the first thing I want to say is, is this one is very simple, but it's not simple to execute. And that is solve for one thing at a time. Multitasking is really a sham when you think about it. What it does is, is think of uh, when you have a computer's memory system and you open up a program. And then you open up another one and another one and another one. And each time you open up that program, you are subdividing the capacity of the computing power of the computer because the computer still has to maintain the integrity of running the previous programs. And so what you end up doing is instead of having some programs that are running and then one that's struggling, you start to impact the entire system. And that's the same thing that happens with us. Because when we want to solve the complex, or not want to, but when we consider solving for the complex, we want to attack the whole thing. And you can't do that. The best thing to do is, and even the computer will say, it'll it'll say, you are working on low memory, you know, or computing power. And it'll say, consider turning off some of the applications that are no longer in use or in need. And by simply taking away those things, those options that are nice to have, but they're not mandatory, you are able to give greater impact of your processing power back to uh, solving. And when you get to that point where uh, you get it down to one or a few things, you'll be amazed at how your entire outlook will change. Ask me how I know. It's because I'm starting to remember to do this. Another thing is, is there is, and I'm going to just, 
I'll say it this way. There seems to be a precarious equilibrium between opulence and scarcity. And we are entrusted with trying to figure out what that is. And what I mean between opulence and scarcity is this. Whenever you are dealing with something in your life, each person has to figure out when enough is enough or when enough is perfect or when enough is not enough. We each have to figure that out. Now, I I put this word in here in my notes and I was like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. But I'm going to just say it. And that's the word greed. Because when you're looking at something like this, let's get down to it. Sometimes the curse of too much boils down to boredom and greed. Let's just be honest. And it's something that we kind of like, oh, I don't want, you know, to think about that. But you do. You do need to. And the reason why is because there will come a time if you are living in a Western society where you've got to know when you've hit that optimal point for you where to go any further would cause you to to digress, digress or to compromise or to fall into uh, the throes of boredom, apathy, uh, depression, addiction and all those other things that don't do you any good. Um, I, and I'm not laughing as in, ha ha, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm just always amazed how I, I hear and read and see similar testimonies of people who have overcome addiction and, uh, and some types of depression. And they talk about how they had gotten the dream job or they were doing the dream thing and they were getting everything they wanted. And all of a sudden, uh, either they felt this emptiness in this hole or they needed more and more and they couldn't stop. And before they knew it, they were out of control. And I used to think about that as something very weird. But then it, I, I had to look at this whole uh, thing we're tasked with. Um, as human beings, and uh, I, I've already, I'm not mentioning the book, you know, for you to necessarily go out and, and, and read it in, in context to this, but there is a book that I have mentioned before called Practical Irration, Irrational, uh, Irrationability, and it talks about the consumer mind, but that's also for us as a human mind. And this irrationality that we have, uh, it's um, always seeking. That's one of the things that we are wired to do. We're also wired to solve. We're wired to uh, stop a loop, an open loop. We, we, we have to get some closure. So those are things that we are wired to do. And when you look at how you get stuff and if you have not either consciously decided what is enough or have it ingrained in you, like as a fail stop of when enough is enough, you can easily fall into boredom, apathy, and yes, greed. Um, I think about um, how people have gone to jail for, they had a lot of money, but they went to jail for trying to get a little bit more because it was just never enough. And thus their greed turned them into this, you know, voracious um, um, 
monster. I don't want to say monster, but for, you know, they, they would just go after whatever it was. Uh, there was never enough. Um, there, there are even movies with um, the Gore. I think it's Gordon Gecko with uh, greed and Wall Street and all this kind of stuff, where people have even fictionalized this thing. Hey, we even have concepts to try to explain it, called the hedonistic treadmill. Now. I usually make an assumption that people know about the hedonistic treadmill, but right now I'm going to talk a little bit about it because this goes well into the curse of too much. Now, the hedonistic treadmill can sound bad, but it also is... uh, I, I call it a, a modus operandi. It's it's w- what drives us, what makes us who we are. Okay, so the hedonistic treadmill is this: that we are never satisfied. Yes, that once we acquire something, uh, satiety, contentment, satisfaction, all of those things are temporary, and they are made to be so because we are made to be human beings doing human things, and that is we are constantly moving because we are the children of change. We are the children of movement. We are the children of the light and um, energy and energy. If you even think about like just the basic understanding of energy, it is uh, energy is always moving into and out of form, always changing. Uh, It can never be, you know, uh, destroyed or replicated, but it is always moving. And if you are made of this, this energy, this light, you are programmed to always be moving, always be ready for change. And yesterday, I did a podcast on when it's when it's scary to make change. And I really want to thank you guys because you listened. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, but yeah, we can be made for change and yet have be be afraid of it. But today we are talking about uh the curse of getting too much, you know. And so with this hidden a treadmill, um, it's such that we get a we 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 get uh something in our head that we want to achieve we achieve it and then it's okay but it's it's and and we are even satisfied with it but then it loses its luster it loses its gleam its shininess for us and then we go on to something else. I've actually had people say, Michelle, you are describing my love life. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to do with that. You know, sometimes you got to know when enough is enough. But on the other hand, we are made in some regards to always have a lust in our eyes for things. And that is up to us. We have the power to decide when enough is enough when to find the sweet spot, when to find our personal equilibrium between opulence and scarcity. You know, in a way where we don't get complacent, we don't get aimless, shiftless, bored, and we don't turn, you know, to addictions. We don't turn off, you know, with depressions. We don't flee and hide from life, but that we have enough friction in our life to continue to move forward, but being grateful for what we have as well. And it's, like I said, it's a real precarious position, you know, because when you look at it, um, let's just face it, apathy and boredom very often lead to depression, to addiction, and to apathy. I mean, we already said apathy, and but, you know, even to other things that are not so cool, you know, 
when questions start rising of uh, why am I here? You know, what am I doing this for? And those types of things. And we don't want to be there. And so I'm going to say this part. And that is when we're trying to solve for that one thing to make it simple, when we're trying to find that sweet spot between opulence and scarcity, and we're trying very hard to, to have just enough of a quest that we stay engaged, but we also stay happily grateful for what we do have, then that is going to be the goal. That's that's the change that we're always looking for. Always finding that sweet spot that keeps us upwardly mobile, but not out of sorts with ourselves, not into the cursed side of too much. And so because of that, I want to say this, and that is we have to have needful stress to have something to attain. We do. Um, There was a study, and like I said, I'm a geek. You know it by now. Uh, But they were talking about this study that this lady did. I think she's out of the UK. And she talked about the forgotten infrastructure uh, that can help us or do us in. And that infrastructure is our skeletal system. And she talks about how a lot of people don't realize that a lot of the stress, the strain, and the difficulties we have today is because we ignore our bones. Uh, she said there are sometimes when we pamper them too much and we don't want to do anything of high impact to keep them strong. And then sometimes she said that We don't do what we need to, to cleanse them. And she said, you know, you have to remember that bones are living within our body like everything else. And that you can send stress to your bones and your your very structure can be holding all of this uh, emotional um, collection of ilk, you know, of... uh, of um of things that can cause you guessed it stress fractures and those types of things and so what she said was if you would want to increase the quality of your life if you would want to um get a better understanding this is the part i liked about it and why i'm bringing it up now she said if you want to get a better understanding of of your limitations and of uh what you are are created to handle and to want, she said, uh, to consciously start working on strengthening and loving your skeletal system. And I know you're like, okay, Michelle, we started talking about the curse of too much and now you're talking about bones. Y'all bear with me. I'm going to bring this back around, okay? All right, so what I'm saying is, y'all, listen, listen, okay? Is that when you do this, your bones, uh, whether it be uh, jumping rope, running, or stretching, that's another thing, stretching, uh, eating better for a bone-healthy diet, um, even having them checked out if you need to, to look at the porosity of your bones and, and to just give them attention, you know, because where attention goes, energy flows, and you start to get better and healthy when you pay attention to your skeletal structure 
you're going to be amazed that your skeletal structure is going to respond in kind. And for some of you, you might find that you've been babying your bones too much and, and you need to strengthen them. For some, you're going to find that you've been overtaxing them and you need to, to do more to help them uh, from a uh, less um, impact in energy or um, exercise impact and more of a supplemental and uh, conscious uh, impact. You know, for some people, you might need to get some collagen. For other people, you might need to walk or, or skip or jump or run. You know, it, it varies. But with this, these bones will release a lot of the stress and they will start to give you indicators of what you can handle. And by even just knowing what you can handle physically and even emotionally because of the stress uh, that um, can be contained in, in your bones, you start to get to the point where you understand the power of friction. And when I say friction, like your bones respond. If you, if you, if you never, you know, walk and all this kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden you get up and you want to walk or run a marathon, uh, you're going to feel it in your muscles first. But the funny thing about that is, and I learned this through this little article, is that you think it's your muscles, but it's because your bones are not strong. And that's what a muscle attaches to. And so the bone has too much stress in it to not, you know, so it can't properly support the muscle. And thus either you get cramps or uh, you get uh, knots and and hamstrung and all these kind of things where you can't do what you need to do. Well, that's the same thing when we're talking about, you know, having the curse of uh, too much. We get overwhelmed and overtaxed and overstressed. And then we fall into these spirals of, um, of, of not having enough uh, normal friction to callous ourselves. Uh, shout out to Dave uh, Goggins where he talks about callousing the mind. Um, here, you know, we just want to callous everything and have enough friction, have enough mu- skeletal support, have enough wisdom to be able to know what is the sweet spot for us individually? Now, in my last few minutes, um, I want to just quickly talk about the, um, well, I'll just say it like this. There's a, a component of Buddhism uh, in the teachings of the Buddha where he talks about enlightenment and um you know, what is uh, the nirvana or, 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 or getting to that place. And in, in some of the teaching, he talks about the direct attachment of things to suffering and how if you would free yourself from a whole bunch of things, then your suffering would uh, diminish. And then with that, you don't necessarily just do it by meditation. Meditation is a vehicle to help you to be able to get back into alignment with what your true north is, which is very simple, as well as, and this is the part that I really liked, um, as well as allowing you to see beyond the facade. And so when we consider All of this stuff that I talked about today with the curse of too much, feeling overwhelmed, feeling bored, you know, 
they, oh my gosh, I have so many articles that I read and, and, uh, put, you know, in, in my little cubbies and pocket and all this kind of stuff. And I read this one. Now this one is about three years old and it talked about how a lot of students today confuse depression with boredom. They don't know the difference and they don't realize that uh, boredom is because of, you remember how I talked about not activating your, um, your muscle of creativity to, to snatch yourself out of boredom. And so what ends up happening is boredom um, just compounds upon itself and it gets so compacted that it seems like it's insurmountable. And so there have been cases of people who were bored who thought they were chronically depressed. And so that goes back to this curse of too much because when you have access to to all of this different information, when you have um, access to computers and technology and automations and people around the globe and you can have entertainment 24-7 if you want, there is no opposing friction, like going back to where we're talking about the bones, where you have to do something to callous yourself to be able to continue to go forward. You'll be, you'll, you'll, uh, find out that when you have too much and it's without restraint, without borders, without you understanding where's that sweet spot between opulence and scarcity, you can easily fall into boredom, fall into greed, avarice, uh, fall into addiction, confusion, depression, and for some people, even suicidal ideology, uh, ideations and things like that. So I am, I'm determined to put this stuff out there. And I'm probably going to speak a little bit more about this, not tomorrow, but in the time to come, because I can say a lot more. But guess what? Yeah, our time is up. So in the few minutes I do have, I just want to encourage you, if you have been feeling things like apathy, numbness, uh, or if you have been feeling like you have a constipation of depression, check and see if it might be boredom. And if it is, look at what it is and solve for that one thing and As you saw for the one thing, keep taking things away until you get to the point where your operating system is able to come back online and start helping you get re-energized to do something and focus on one thing at a time and live your life where you have a balance, an equilibrium. So guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours and I'm going to have to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. 
Bye.